potential and possibilities, discussions with fascinating people, designing a better tomorrow for all of us. I'm your host, Ira Pastor. Welcome everybody again to another episode of our show, bringing you another fascinating guest today, helping to create a better tomorrow. Uh, today, we are continuing our uh, our virtual road trip. Uh, we are uh, well, actually headed to the West Coast today, to San Francisco, uh, uh, by way of Riyadh, Saudi Arabia, um, meeting up with Dr. Abdel Ali Haudi, who is currently uh, the strategy and business development lead, as well as managing director of the Biotechnology Park uh, at King Abdullah International Medical Research Center, Ministry of National Guard Health Affairs, and also is a distinguished professor, <clears throat> scholar uh, at Harvard University, Boston Children's Hospital. Uh, Dr. Hadi has uh, over 25 years of experience as an international research and development and innovation executive, uh, having held several positions in R&D and innovation uh, with vast expertise in science and technology, policy development, strategy and business development, corporate development, uh, as well as international partnerships. Uh, Dr. Hadi has held several senior and prestigious positions in academia, government and the private sector uh, globally, including North America, North Africa, Europe, and the Middle East. Uh, and some of these key positions have included a founding uh, vice president for research, executive director for Biomedical Research Institute, and chairman of the National Research Fund at Cutter Foundation. Uh, Dr. Howdy was also research professor of cancer and infectious diseases uh, at the University of Virginia and Eastern Virginia Medical School, and is a fellow at the U.S. National Institutes of Health. Uh, he has held several other positions in elite research and educational uh, institutes, including a visiting professor at Harvard Medical School and at the Pasteur Institute. Uh, Dr. Howdy is an elective member uh, of Hassan II Academy uh, for Science and Technology since 2006. Uh, he graduated from uh, University of Paris 11 and 6 in France with doctoral degrees in cellular and molecular genetics, uh, as well as receiving uh, executive education from Harvard Business School in corporate management and strategy. He's received multiple awards, including the Fogarty International Award. And in addition to that, he, uh, he has published uh, as well as uh, served as founding editor-in-chief uh, for the journal Biomedicine and Biotechnology. We have a lot of interesting topics to go into today with him, uh, but Dr. Abdali Howdy, thank you so much for taking the time to come on the show today. Well, thank you for having me with you in this program and pleasure to be with you. It's great having you. Um, you know, I, I would love to uh, start off as we typically do by handing you the floor for a little bit to talk 
a little bit about yourself, a little of your, your background, uh, you know, what got you initially interested in, in genetics and molecular biology. And if you could take us up to sort of, you know, you've published extensively sort of earlier on in your career on these uh, retro elements in, in cancer, in, in aging, in developmental biology. Talk a little bit about some of your initial journey into this area of biological uh, study, if you would. Great, great. Um, I actually consider myself really fortunate to uh, have had a chance to um, get uh, educated, trained in a number of different uh, global institutions for research, uh, starting from Morocco, my home country, but also through Europe and, uh, and finally United States. Uh, for, for scientists, this is like the, the dream when you, when you have a chance to uh, graduate from some of the leading European institutions or universities. And as you mentioned, was uh, Paris 6 or, and, and 11. Mm -hmm. And as you know, France, the universities have numbers and names. So it's Paris 6 or University Pierre Mercury or and Paris 11, which is Orsay or Paris Sud or some university. Um, it all started from my, my undergrad training in Morocco, where uh, I was trained in what's called general biology. At that time, was actually, this is back in uh, late 80s, um, it was the, the early time of genetic engineering in that part of the world. Later on, we'll, we'll talk more about molecular biology, but at the time, we mostly genetic engineering. And of course, ultimately, at the end of my undergrad, the immediate next step was to identify really some of the leading universities in Europe, preferably for, for, for someone like me coming from North Africa. It was ideally French-speaking uh, country. So that's how I joined the university in Paris uh, to finish my graduate studies, receive my PhD um, in genetics, as you, have, as you have mentioned. It's an area that was always fascinating really for me even when i was in high school i uh, imagined that we could tackle diseases through manipulation of the human genome that was something really fascinating of course at that time it was still very early we don't know yet much about the whole genome but we but we talked of course about individual genes Later on, it became genome, and then proteome, and then metabolome, and transcriptome, and so on. But but even at that early stage, it was just so fascinating for me. Can, can you imagine? You can target specific gene, and therefore you can solve that health health challenge or health issue. So that's why when I when the first I get the chance to uh, uh, get involved in genetic studies, I I didn't miss it. So. Uh, I, I, I enrolled in the PhD program in, the, in, in human and cellular genetics in Paris. Um, it, was, it was all, all done very well. And um, again, in science, it's never enough, just the degree. Right. Really the way you would do it, really improve the, the, uh, the knowledge, the understanding of science, and in particular complex area like, uh, like human genetics or human in general, you really have to tackle it from different aspects, different expertise, get a different exposures also from different angles from different institutions. So, so I, I, I managed to do that, I believe, to some extent successfully. Uh, so even at the time when I was still in, in France, I joined for a brief period of time for different uh, 
um, I would call them maybe fellowships, although it's not the the the, the, the medical sector in institute, which is as as you know one of also really leading in institutions in in, in biomedical research. Um, and later on, I joined the, the U.S. National Institute of Health, which is one of the, if not the largest biomedical research uh, entity, and actually globally. Uh, it received extensive, really, funding for biomedical research at different fronts. But also, as you know, the NIH, or the U.S. National Institute of Health, has its own research programs and institutions, primarily around the Maryland in Bethesda area, but also in uh, in North Carolina. So that was a really magnificent time for me. Imagine, you know, young scientist in early stage of his career, um, um, mingling with some of the bright minds from all around the world. Uh, the, the the NIH had that actually that uh, particular really aspect in it where it it attracts uh, a lot of scientists from from around the globe as scholars, as fellow, um, some of them through the, the, the award that you mentioned, like the Fogarty International, mm -hmm. and, and others through other mechanisms. And it was just just really fascinating environment. Uh, scientists from around the world with different, different training, different backgrounds in science and education, but also even different cultural background, um, brainstorming together how we can address this new challenge it is actually, if I and I still even after um, even after more than twenty years after that experience, I still tell my colleagues from all around that one of the best institutions you can get early training in science in the early phases of your career has to be the U.S. National Institute of Health. Mm -hmm. Of course, it's not at all, at all minimizing from the of course the importance of other of other biomedical research institutions, whether it in the US or Europe, sure. uh, Canada, and other parts of the world. But it's still, I think it's just fascinating and, uh, and, and great, great uh, place to be for, for that early stage of career. For others, even throughout their career, they, they, they spent it at, at the NIH. Again, as a part of the time when I was in, in, in the US, um, and after uh, leaving the, the NIH, I joined the academia. Um, initially, the um, uh, the University of Virginia Medical School in Charlottesville, then moved to take on faculty positions at the Eastern Virginia Medical School, the same state, um, and going up to the ladder of faculty positions one after the other, um, doing what is expected to to do from any researcher. Just just um, open the horizons and explore ideas and try to contribute as much as possible. Um, uh, to to our knowledge, particularly in, uh, always related somehow to 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 genetics, molecular, <clears throat> molecular genetics. So I got involved in um, some of the, the really uh, fascinating area at that time was for me how how components of the gene home or the gene yep. can really can really um, impact the rest of the gene itself, the rest of the genome itself. Those what we call mobile genetic elements or, or, or transposable elements. I'm not really wanting here to get into all the, uh, the scientific concepts and their details, sure. but, but that was really just fascinating. And even what excited me even more is, could we even use uh, that ability of some genes 
to start jumping around in the genome and disrupt some of the cancer gene or cancer, um, uh, let's say, producing genes, possibly. Mm -hmm. So export that is at, at one point. And, uh, and then here is the interesting part, then it be, or, or another interesting part, in the midst of all of that and uh, building my research career, um, I get this interesting opportunity from the Middle East, from Qatar. Mm -hmm. this, this is back in uh, 2000, around 2005. Uh, Qatar uh, was interested to establish a uh, science and technology initiatives. I, um, and uh, the way uh, it was done, primarily through an institution, the leading institution there called Qatar Foundation, the way it was done was actually to handpick few scientists from, from around the world, very small team, very small group of about six or seven different areas of science, some in the biomedical field, some in, in, in environment, some in energy, some in computing science, some in social sciences, behavioral science, humanities. And then we met in Qatar, this is late 2005, and we started thinking, Okay, what, what exactly can we do? And you know, for scientists, by training, the, the, the way we usually um, organize ourselves is that we have a question or hypothesis and we try to solve it. Mm -hmm. Here there was you no know, hypothesis, there was, okay, there is an idea, what do you think? Uh, um, and I have to admit that we struggled, that small team of six or seven, we struggled for a few hours and trying to understand what exactly could we do or should we do. Uh, but the leadership of that foundation, I think they were very, um, I still believe that they were very smart, not telling us exactly what we need to do, but actually laying the foundation for us to us come up with some creative, innovative ideas or initiatives on how to contribute to science and technology development in, in that country or in this part of the world. So later on, for, um, a few months, then we come up with the whole concept of national research institutes. That was the time when then I was, uh, I was invited to join the Qatar Foundation as the founding VP for, for research. And as, as a result of that tenure, there was the setup of three national institutes for research. One is the Biomedical Research Institute, and then the, uh, the Energy and Environment Research Institute, and then the Computing Research Institute. And was also part of it is also to really bring to um, um, more really global level science and technology park and the national, and also a national funding agency. That was, that was for about a period of about six to seven years. And then, then I believe I must have been doing probably something right. So mm -hmm. I was <laughs> to join the, the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia for another really great biomedical R&D uh, institution really here. That was still at that very, very early stage. Um, I somehow find really myself extremely comfortable in, in, in entities that are at the early stage and, and contributing to launching um, really this great um, institution or national initiatives. So that's how I joined the, the, the institution where I am today, um, uh, contributing to bringing some uh, uh, maybe forth, uh, let's see, uh, forward-looking strategy yep. for 
for developing and implementing uh, biomedical research. Not necessarily just copy and paste from what I have seen, right. but perhaps I think that could contribute also to this part of the world, to this region, to address some of the local challenges, but also taking into consideration the local regional realities. Right. That was really important. And that's what I have been doing for the last uh, about seven years. And now moving from academic research to trying to translate some of that uh, knowledge or finding into um, biotechnology projects. Where, where we are now and, uh, and then hopefully in sometime in the near future we'll, we, can, we can bring some um, interesting also uh, programs and initiatives here in the country, but also with, with partnership with, with the regional or global academic and industrial partners. That's wonderful. That's really wonderful. And it's interesting, before we get to uh, you know what you're currently doing and, and the biotech park and so forth it was interesting because you know as i was going through pubmed and you started looking at at, at this evolution uh, of your own research as 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 you were just taking us through it um in sort of the mid 2000 well 2012 2015 <clears throat> you publish a few times in um in lancet oncology uh first with the cutter foundation talking about sort of cancer burden uh in the middle east with the focus on cutter and then uh, a little later on focusing on sort of broader uh cancer control issues social health determinants in the region uh, regarding cancer I, I wonder if you could just say a few words about sort of that period because i you know later on we'll get into some of the sort of the themes in terms of cancer vaccines and, and everything that was happening at the, at the recent biotech summit talk a little bit about what was happening then and sort of sort of uh because you were mentioning sort of going from the gene to sort of disease and sort of the broader social determinants of disease Take us through a little bit of sort of just a cancer theme, if you would, uh, at that part of your career. Absolutely, yes. Um, uh, exactly. During that period of time, I was I was in Qatar Foundation, and a part of a part of my role was to contribute also to setting up a national health strategy, and in particular, focus was uh, on on cancer strategy and cancer research strategy for for the country, not only for 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 right. one institution. So um, in, in, in partnership, actually, with a number of really um, renowned um, scholars, whether physicians, oncologists, but also cancer researchers from Qatar, but also internationally. Um, and in particular, in this area of cancer strategy, was, was actually working uh, hand in hand with Lord Ara Darzi from UK, uh, who was really very, very well known uh, um, uh, cancer surgeon, um, and we, we put together with really great team a national cancer research strategy. Mm -hmm. So we wanted to make sure that uh, uh, whether our cancer researchers and physicians, oncologists from the country, the region, and other potential partners also could learn about our effort or what we are planning to for the future. So what we, we then we, um, we, we publish it in the Lancet Oncology. That was that was around that period of 2012, yep. uh, and and then then a couple of years later, that's when I when I when I moved to Saudi Arabia, and um, again, cancer or cancer burden is really an, not just one country challenge; it's a region, it's a global challenge. Yeah. So, here we also expanded that effort into the whole GCC, 
cancer burden and cancer challenges. And then a couple of years later, then we also, as a part of uh, disseminating that those findings and knowledge and, 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 and calling for collaborations, we published again in, in, in the Lancet Oncology. And, and, and one of the, please. Um, now, just um, again, as a part, apart from the the, uh, the the national cancer strategy or national cancer research strategy, personally, also as as, as a scientist, uh, cancer was really one of my uh, really interest area. So you will see that uh, um, although my role as a VP for research, the administrative part of it was taken the lion's share of my time. But I managed from time to time to get involved in some <laughs> uh, research projects. So we see that a couple of few publications in cancer research. I would love to do more, but it looks like uh, there's only that much you can do. In <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that you know, as I said, I mean, that's why I um, and and, and I promise we'll, we'll we'll get to uh, to everything you're doing now. But this is the the one other place because I I really wanted to profile you alongside with with everything yeah. else. But I, I thought the other one other very and you have a lot of interesting publications here. Uh, the one other one that is personally to me, and I think it's a you know it's a nice balance to to all things cancer, um, was this really interesting paper uh, in 2014, in molecular therapeutics, where you published at the time, which is kind of a unique concept on, um, on stem cell condition media. And here now we're not talking about, we're talking about sort of the reverse, we're talking about regenerative medicine here um, and sort of the concept of uh, cocktails, uh, the, the ability, you know, if you want to do something like regenerate, tissue repair, wound healing, things of this nature, uh, you may require multiple therapeutic uh, moieties to, to get things done. Say just a couple words, if you would, about your interest also in regenerative medicine. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I, and I think uh, this, by the fact that, um, uh, let's see, from the therapeutic aspect of it, the overall stem cell field, except from transplantation, the overall stem cell research field has not yet really delivered much in terms of uh, therapeutic application. Um, at one point, even one subset of those stem cells were the IPS or the induced pluripotent stem cells. Yeah. There have been the, uh, the the Nobel Prize, I believe, back in 20, 2012 by Yamanaka, where we, it was like the beginning of possibly this is, that's it. This will be the 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 future of, of therapy. The IPS or the induced pluripotent stem cells will be the next uh, generation of, of therapeutics. But it's still, I think there are still a lot of, lot of unsolved challenges. We still need and how best really those uh, cells could be controlled or could be targeted to different different tissues or different organs so that they can um, uh, address those really health challenges we face. There are some early, early let's see, uh, positive indication that it's, that could be promising therapeutics, but still, still really very, very limited to, to, to um, and I would really, I really hope that in the near future of the, 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 the scientific community, in particular in the area of stem cells, they can push further the boundaries and really bring those promises of stem cell therapies into realities. Um, and I'm sure in different, from different aspects, really. But now, now I really believe, and as we, as we learn more, that most likely most of those promising therapies for the future Will will be a combination of different approach, 
not just one, with possibly stem cell plus EEG therapy, plus another uh, uh, maybe intervention. That's what most likely will give us better chances for um, more innovations and therefore really, uh, therapeutic solutions for, for the health challenges. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah, that's I, I. That's why I was so impressed by sort of some of these papers I was reading of yours and sort of you thinking about sort of the combination thinking, not just you know obviously cancer has always had that um, you know uh, sort of pharmaco intervention concept that we need multiple things in here from the perspective of regenerative medicine. You know, you thinking a decade ago about this is is really impressive. So okay, so now let, let's go into uh, your current role, uh, not just as you know leading strategy and business development. Uh, uh, at King Abdullah International Medical Research Center, but also uh, directing the biotech park. Um, we had the honor of hosting one of you know, one of your esteemed researchers several months ago, Dr. Lamia Alomer, uh, talking a little bit about artificial intelligence and her work in bioinformatics at the center. Talk about your role, uh, a little bit about sort of the park, where it's located, and then somebody else that we had well, from well, not down the road, but about 10 hours down the road in Jeddah at uh, uh, King Abdullah University of Science and Technology. Uh, we also had uh, Dr. Mark Testeraw, and he, you know, he was playing more with plants and, and desert agriculture. Talk a little bit about the, the bioecosystem as you view it and you know how, the, how collaborations occur, sort of where directives come from. Take us through a little of this, if you would. <laughs> to do that. We, um, and I'm glad you were able to host Dr. Lamia Romer, which is a really great colleague of mine, um, one of our leading figures in, in artificial intelligence and bioinformatics here in the country. Um, the, the institution where I am now, in particular the biomedical R&D center part of it, is really very young institution. It's about, about 12, 13 years old. You know, compared with other in, uh, similar institutions around the world, that's extremely young. Um, so when I joined here, we were at this very, very, very early stage. So we started, okay, what, we, what do we want to do? What could we do? Uh, so we put together as, as a team, really a five-year strategy or strategic plan. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah, we'd like to focus on them. They are not really that different from uh, probably most of the academic, the biomedical academic research centers around the globe. But even at that time, and this is back in 2015, an integral part of that strategy was biotechnology development. Mm -hmm. This is 2000, uh, and I, I'm, I'll tell you why I'm insisting on the date, 2015. Um, it was an integral part of our strategy. Few months later, this is early 2016, a, a national vision was announced. It's called mm -hmm. National 2030 for the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia. That is a complete transformation of the entire kingdom at all levels, social level, uh, economic level, technology also level, uh, completely, really complete society, tra country transformation. An integral part of that national vision 2030 strategy or vision 2030 was actually um, uh, technology development, diversification of the economy of the country. As, as you know, the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia's economy is prim primarily based on hydrocarbon, oil. Yeah. That's, that's really the main source of the economy. So there was that drive to diversify the economy and primarily be, be, uh, encouraging, supporting technology development first. Now in the health sector, 
that will translate into biotechnology development. So the reality is that we did not then have to adjust or adapt or, 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 or uh, revisit our strategy. It was already there before even the official national strategy announcement. So then we started step by step uh, creating within our biomedical research center, uh, which is actually the exactly what you would expect from any academic biomedical research center, basically meaning it is mostly fundamental basic research, trying to understand the, the causes of diseases and how normal uh, cells of tissue will become diseased cell of tissue and therefore create disease. So that's mm -hmm. primarily the, 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 the focus. So the center gradually from year after year managed to get more and more publication, better quality publication. And as you know, in this field, and you start to measure the quality by the, the number of high impact factor uh, uh, publications. So we started to do really, really good. And then um, step by step, we start to generate some patents uh, based on inventions, of course, of some of our scientists and clinicians. Remember here, the, the institution is, is an entire academic medical city with over 13 different hospitals, mm -hmm. uh, sciences university with seven different colleges and biomedical R&D center with different branches around the country. So it's really quite an attractive ecosystem. Uh, but, but at that time, there was no, no biotechnology, really. Mm -hmm. And then this is where we started to think about, okay, how about if we, let's phase it. Let's put a phase one biotechnology park or incubator within our biomedical research center, which is what we did. And we allocated the <clears throat> a space, really a number of labs, uh, <clears throat> within our biomedical research center. And those labs were meant to um, offer space, support for, uh, for those uh, innovators, those, those scientists who have, uh, um, um, I apologize for the voice. I think I get a little cold. So no bear problem. With me. Yeah, I, I, I said words, you're fine. Uh, bear with me when the voice uh, escaped for a few seconds. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and then the idea was, then if we get really uh, good at it and we, and we manage to uh, develop some interesting project, we can go to full-fledged biotech park with its own dedicated uh, facilities, projects, and so on. So we started really step by step. And then um, we, we first the first project, the second project. And now uh, our, 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 our interest is actually to partner with global pharma and global biotech. Why is that? Is of course, you know, no one single institution, irrespective of the means or resources can do it alone. Right. That's one. And two, of course, knowledge, science in general is really global, uh, let's say a global issue now. And you, we will be able to achieve better if we partner with other leading institution, academic or, or industrial. So what we managed to achieve, which of course took us some time, I have to admit, I cannot tell you that it was just like that overnight. No, it took some time. It took a lot of building of infrastructure. We managed then to set up really key strategic partnerships with the one with AstraZeneca. I can say it now because it's public information. Excellent. And then with, with Moderna. 
And yeah. the idea behind the strategic partnership was not uh, simply to increase the sales of these companies or, or some late um, or final packaging, no. It was actually from early discovery, collaborative projects, from early discovery, all the way to preclinical development, clinical trials or clinical development. And if successful, we move into commercialization, manufacturing and commercialization. So, so this is the best really, or I believe mm -hmm. this is the really best way to, not only to accelerate the process, but also to ensure that from the beginning is done right and at the highest standard. We, we cannot afford to do biotechnology second class. Right. No. Either done right or don't do it at all. Um, and there is no better way than do it right from the beginning, then partner with those who have, who have been successful and who have done it or have done it around, around the world. So this is where we are. And we established a concept of, uh, we call it joint lab. And it's basically collaborative R&D with these companies. Uh, this is early, really. We're at the early stage of these partnerships. And hopefully this will help bring this biotech part um, into even higher, uh, let's say, standards, hopefully, for the benefit not only for the country, but the region and, and even globally. If there is something that we need in this part of the world is more of a projects like this that connect us um, with the rest of, uh, of the world in terms of innovation, scientific discovery, and also contributing to solving some of the major health challenges of, around the globe. And, you know, I, I think that, you know, at what you were just describing really culminated nicely just, uh, I mean, it was a couple of weeks ago that the, the Riyadh uh, Global Medical Biotech Summit concluded and, you know, the, the different, I mean, cell and gene therapy, cancer and infectious disease vaccines, genomics and precision medicine, clinical trials, world world evidence. I mean, you're developing the full ecosystem and you had, as you were just mentioning, uh, people from all the major pharmas there, um, research institutes. You gave one of the most exciting keynote addresses I've ever seen. Right? You yanked the, the microphone away from the MC. Um, yeah. Talk a little bit about the summit um, and, and a little bit of, of what happened there. It, it looked like a great time and clearly, um, you know, the fact that you're attracting, as you were just saying, all these groups there uh, in 2023 is a, ma is a major milestone. So say a few words about the summit. Absolutely. Thank you for that. So uh, actually, a few years earlier, we, we used to have what we call the annual research forum. Um, every year we organize a research forum, with uh, mainly from our own scientists or scientists from other institutions in the country. And we invite some international speakers. But then year after year, we uh, realize that this is, this is time now. It's time now to bring it to the next level. Since we, we managed, or at least we, we believe we managed to establish a strong basic science foundation, let's start now to think about how best to translate it. In, in the biomedical field, translated it, it means also um, uh, offering opportunities for biotechnology development not necessarily only alone as our own startups, but also partnerships, joint ventures mm -hmm. with biotech companies and other biopharma from around the world. So we started the first, or we launched the first biotech summit back in 2021, uh, fall 2021. At that time, the whole world was still in, under the, you know, the COVID-19 uh, impact and also restrictions. 
So, so most of that event was actually virtual event uh, because we had to limit the physical presence and uh, of course, for the obvious reasons under that uh, pandemic conditions. But that was time when we start saying, you know, we are interested in the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia, not only our institution, but in the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia, this is a new strategic field for us, <clears throat> biotechnology development. It's by the way, the uh, biotechnology has received the, the highest, um, let's see, government, senior government interest to the point where a, um, a national biotechnology strategy committee was set up. Mm -hmm. It's actually comprised of the major senior government officials. And the idea behind this, this, this committee or the role of this committee is to outline what could be some of the um, niche area, <clears throat> area where the kingdom could uh, invest in and set up locally, but also in partnership with other, with other interested partners. As a result of that, a uh, number of initiatives <clears throat> are being set up now for instance, in addition to our institution, there is also uh, a new project called Riyadh Biotechnology City. Okay. Uh, and that's still in the making, it's still an early stage, but it's also along the same concept where um, a whole biotechnology uh, city or a mega biotechnology park uh, is being set up to cover not only uh, areas in, bio, in medical biotechnology or what, we call the red biotechnology, but also agricultural biotechnology and industrial biotechnology. Mm. Uh, for uh, so, so we can see really in different parts of the country there is this growing interest in in um, in, in developing and implementing projects initiatives in biotechnology, and we really need that. It's it's an ecosystem. Yep. It's not an entity or one institution or one company. Um, obviously, for us, for, for, for my institution where I am, we are a healthcare institution, so we focus primarily on, on medical biotechnology. So then, then we use this forum, the Biotechnology Summit, as a forum to um, meet with the interested global partners in biotech, pharma, those who are interested to explore with us possible collaborations. So each time we invite some of the really uh, senior representative from these uh, biotech, biotech and pharma companies. And the list is really impressive and, and glowing. Yeah. The time, I believe, was about 15, 18 companies. Last, last month or the second biotech summit, it was a little over 35 different companies from around the world. Uh, and the idea again, yes, on one hand to meet, but also to let the potential future partners know about what are we thinking about? Where are some of the areas, possible areas for collaborations with mutual benefit mm -hmm. um, that can benefit really all, all parties? And as one of the concrete really outcomes of this, uh, of the last month uh, Biotech Summit was those really key strategic partnerships that I mentioned, one with uh, AstraZeneca and another one with, uh, with Moderna. Mm -hmm. A few also other collaboration that are in the making with other companies, uh, but they were still at an early stage of, of building really. 
And um, I, I think I could not hide it. I was just so so excited about the fact that <laughs> <laughs> we moved from a forum where we usually, it's so exciting just to share knowledge, just talk yeah. science and how we can translate it, which is fantastic, phenomenal, to now, okay, this is that part. The other part is also, how about if we translate that excitement into some projects on the ground? So mm -hmm. near future will uh, will help us also build and develop those uh, those projects further. You know, it, it's interesting because you know you mentioned uh, you know a, a few times sort of this pr this privilege throughout your career that you had this ability to ask you know what do we want to do, um, and, and it's interesting because you know some other guests that I've had on the show from Saudi um, have come from sort of. Other other mega projects like Neom, you know, up in the north, you know, building their little city there in the in the desert. Uh, I you know, had a guest on from uh, Saudi Aramco uh, talking more about artificial intelligence and finding the oil. But it seems like there's a lot there's an underlying sort of health, wellness, bio interest in some of these organizations as well. Um, are you? Talk a little bit of the cross fertilization here, because you know, for for Neom, you know, they they want to build sort of a health and wellness society out there in the desert. You know, how how do you connect with some of these other projects that may not be bio projects per se, but they have a health component? Uh, talk a little bit about because I think it's all part of the same ecosystem <laughs> in a way. Absolutely, you're absolutely right, and that's uh, that's really critical. That's why we have. Um, on, I would say, really regular basis, but very frequently we have um, these multiple stakeholders meetings, brainstormings, what we can do together. Actually, a new entity that was just set up in the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia recently is called Research, Development and Innovation Authority. Okay. And that's an entity that actually is, 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 is set up to provide additional support, not only funding support, but also let's say policy development support to facilitate the, um, let's say, um, uh, policies like logistics, how to make it, how to make it much more smooth, uh, how to facilitate also contractual arrangements, not to make those as burden on the entities, but rather as uh, just one step. And then the most important focus should be on how best to succeed in this project. We actually talking about Neo. We are absolutely right. Um, as a matter of fact, just as of today, just sent to my colleague in Neo uh, um, on our non-disclosure agreement, so we can start talking about some collaborative projects. Uh, uh, the, the, they are aware of some of the uh, recent projects we are launching, and for Neo, even at their early stage. They have actually just a, a magnificent concept on this. Uh, Industrial park, Oxagon, yeah. park, but that's right. really large scale manufacturing, truly industrial park. But where is the pipeline coming from? It could possibly come from some of those biotech initiatives that are being set up with some of the uh, um, leading biotech in, in terms of uh, in the health sector, huh? with some of the leading biotech and pharma companies that we already start working with. So while we are doing the R&D, the preclinical, the clinical studies, if that has to lead to manufacturing, um, to manufacturing commercialization, one of the ideal partners could be the Neom at the time. Mm -hmm. So, so we, we, we really discussed at multiple um, occasions 
these kinds of alignments on how we could uh, work together. Uh, you know, the, the, the innovation value chain is in, in the biomedical field is really quite long and quite extensive. And it's, it will be a real challenge for one institution to do it all from sure. A to Z. But, but through this kind of partnerships, and I mentioned, for instance, the new entity, the Riyadh Biotech City, similar thing. It is, it is an, also a project focused on like late stage when um, let's maybe after clinical trials, how possibly to push for late stage clinical trials, manufacturing commercialization. Here is another partner. We need these multiple entities in the, for the ecosystem to be really thriving and to maximize our chances to be, to be successful. Mm -hmm. One thing that that ecosystem clearly will require, um, as everything that you were just mentioning, um, is uh, it great to have one Dr. Abdallah Ali Haudi, but maybe five, 10,000 of them. Um, talk a little bit about sort of how we get the next generation, uh, whether it's the Saudi workforce, Qatar, the, the GCC in general, to to generate um, that uh, biotech workforce, that pharma work, whatever you want to call it, to fill this ecosystem. Because, you know, as you were mentioning before, it's an economy heavily based on petroleum and petrochemicals and so forth. Now we're transitioning it to, to biochemistry, to biotech, molecular biology. Talk a little bit about that side of things, if you want. Absolutely, you are, you are absolutely correct that uh, the, 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 the capacity building or human capacity building is really an integral part of all those ambitious plans and programs that I mentioned to you, whether it's in Saudi Arabia or Qatar, United Arab Emirates or Kuwait or Bahrain or, and, or any other country for that matter. And actually, I, uh, I would just step back for a little bit. And for instance, even when I was in Qatar, one of the flagship programs that I managed to establish there was science leadership program yeah. and what the, the goal behind it was actually to identify those really young Qatari that are interested in career in science whether it's an academia or or or, or pharma but interested in in, in in career in science we we um uh build we built a program for them where we if i can use the word match them with some of the leading institutions in north america and europe like Harvard or Yale or Caltech or, or Cambridge or Oxford or uh, Imperial College or King's College and so on, where they can have their undergraduate or even graduate studies or even postdoctoral training. By, by being trained in some of those great institutions, then they come back after that and they start to contribute to some of the uh, a new initiative that we were planning at that time. Here in Saudi Arabia, the scale was much larger and the kingdom actually the, has really launched, uh, this is a few years ago, a number of years ago even, a, a scholarship program, very, very actually, uh, made very smart approach, where a number of young Saudi were fully supported to um, enroll in any, in any prestigious academic institution in North America or Europe. And, and the numbers are really impressive. We're talking about thousands of them. Not few, dozens. And a large number of those have already, of those trainees or scholars, have already finished their graduate studies, received their PhD degrees, and they, they, they are in the process of coming back. This will be that next um, 
this next generation of, of, of scientists and scholars that will help really uh, propel this whole biotech uh, um, vision into really realities and make it really happen. Um, in the same time, what we do in parallel, you know, we don't always need a PhD holder for, for these programs. Sure. Yes. You need different skills, different, uh, um, different kind of training. So what we, what we have built also, just from our institution, and I believe other institutions as well, but what we do in every single uh, collaborative agreement we have, <clears throat> whether with academic entity or, 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 um, or a company, we, we build the training or capacity building component in it. So, so that some of our uh, staff can, can receive a training, whether it's just few weeks training in some special approach or a very focused approach, sometimes months of training in, let's say, um, in, in new technology that we don't have yet in, in, in our institution. So this is always have been really an integral part of it. And I'm sure in the near future, you will see much brighter people than, than just Abdel Ali. So many of them. <laughs> uh, coming, coming back to you, uh, you know, one, one thing I, um, you know, as, as we get to the wrap up of the show, one thing I neglected to mention, I mentioned your bio, but I, I did want to ask you about it because I thought it was quite interesting that, you know, right after you completed your PhD, uh, you, you formed your own uh, publication, uh, the, the new forum for innovative research in biomedicine, biotechnology. What, what made you decide to, uh, at such an early part in your career, uh, start a, a scientific publication? Oh, yeah, right. That's a great question. I, I think it's throughout my life, even at that stage and even now, I always look for new challenges, not to do exactly what has been done somewhere else or, or have to wait until I get to this stage to do that, what is expected from me. And I, even at that time, at very early stage, you are right on my research career. Um, I, I thought that this is, let's, let's think about a way of, uh, it's not that at that time there were no, no, no scientific journal. There were so many. Sure. There were hundreds, thousands of them. But I say, let's see, uh, from my, my, my presence, and at that time I was the U.S. National Institute of Health. That's why I never for, forget that time of my career. It was so much support for a junior scientist like me at that time. Hey, you have your idea? Great. Pursue it. Try it. Um, fine, it's not the usual thing that a young scientist will do, but if you want to try it, try it. Mm -hmm. And it's and uh, um, I was just amazed by the type of support that I received from very well-established scientists, Nobel laureate, uh, heads of research institutions. They were all willing to, uh, to be part of it, to encourage it. And that's really what have, uh, I would say that have really stayed with me as a main drive throughout my career is that science is such a global adventure uh, that um, whenever you can participate or whenever you can support others, you should do it in any part of the world, in any institution you are. And um, of course, keeping in mind that collaborative nature of, uh, of what we do, whether as scientists or others as, as clinicians or overall in the mm -hmm. research. Excellent. No, it's it's it's. Uh, I I wanted to come back to that, but I, as I said, I, I uh, um, 
I, I think that is, is just an interesting part of uh, your very diverse career and, um, you know, <laughs> just just it, it's been a great story to see how this has all evolved and how is it it can it continues to evolve and 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 putting all of this into practice per Saudi Vision 2030 and, and beyond. So it's it's really, you know, I, I wish you the best with all this and as you continue to uh to develop it all, uh Dolly. Um again, before I let before I let you go, any anything else coming up? I know you just had the summit. Any other major initiatives for 20, uh, 2023 as we're just entering the year, the new conferences, other areas, places that we may see you present uh, in the coming months? Anything else that I missed, please uh, take the floor. No, th thank you, really. Um, I have to say, you know, in, in overall in the kingdom, there is probably no better time than now for whether it's biotechnology because it's close to my heart, it's close mm -hmm. to my body training but also in other technology really areas. There are so many really activities now, global events, um, forums, symposiums, whether it's in, 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 in the biomedical field, in, in biotechnology, but also in other, in, in other area of technology. Um, for us in particular, in, in my area of interest, um, I think we will focus this year on pushing further or forward the, the partnership, the strategic partnership that I mentioned to you, so that hopefully next year, early next year, we can then then um, report on some of the early achievements we had, because we would like to keep the, um, uh, not, uh, not, not only our existing collaborators or partners, but also future partners and collaborators interested, interested in this part of the world, interested in us moving together, contributing as really as community to hopefully solving some of those major, major really health challenges. Look at it also, uh, as, as I'm sure you would agree, it is health impact, it's also um, economic impact. Oh, yeah. um, you know, biotechnology is, is, is uh, this is public information, is, is expected to generate um, a little over $770 billion just by 2024, which is next year. If you look at that, this is globally, of course, this is globally. If you look at that, that's a broader, translating to broader impact, economic impact of somewhere between three to four um, trillion dollars. Right. That is significant impact globally. And, um, and I believe that the kingdom uh, is ready and prepared to take an active part of that. Uh, and hopefully, hopefully in the near future, we'll, uh, we, can, we can add more. To, to what the what the world need really and better health. Outstanding, really outstanding. Um, for everybody that is going to be listening to this particular episode of our show uh, across the various podcast networks or watching on our YouTube channel, again, you've been listening to Dr. Abdali Howdy, uh, Strategy and Business Development Lead, as well as Managing Director, Biotechnology Park, King Abdullah International Medical Research Center. Ministry of National Guard Health Affairs, also distinguished scholar, Harvard University, Boston Children's Hospital. Um, Abdali, I want to thank you for taking the time out of your schedule uh, to come talk and educate us for a little while about these topics. You know, obviously, uh, thank you for doing these things and, and wishing you the best as you execute on them. And again, as we like to say here on our show, uh, thanks for helping to create a better tomorrow for so many people out there via what you do. A really great story. Thank you very much for having me and uh, it was really a pleasure being with you in this program.
Thank you. Good seeing you.